to make a rich, smooth cold brew. Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors. Presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. The south coastal beaches of Florida bask in the warm Caribbean breezes. But the tranquil waters might obscure a mysterious phenomenon that preys on those who venture into the coastal area. A United States Air Force bomber disappeared in 1968. More than 1,000 lives have been lost under circumstances that cause veteran sailors to become uneasy traversing these waters. For ships like the Proteus have disappeared without a trace. Whatever it is that haunts the waters between the Florida coast, the islands of Bermuda, and the Bahamas, has claimed cargo craft like the White Sulphur Queen. In the open waters of the Atlantic Ocean, there abides a phenomenon difficult to explain, a danger zone that seems to swallow ships and planes. No one has found a satisfactory answer, but somewhere in this region, between the sea and the sky, lurks the solution to the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. off the coast of Florida, an area of some 60,000 square miles in which lurks the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. The 7th U.S. Coast Guard District protects one of the busiest air-sea traffic lanes in the world. The amount of travel creates a year-round headache for Coast Guard patrols. Three persons on board is overdue on a fishing trip. Vessels transiting area are... In a year, the district answers more than 10,000 rescue calls, an average of 25 a day. Most of the calls are routine. Engine trouble, boat aground on a reef, 
out of fuel. Some, however, are urgent, even desperate crises at sea. 36-foot cabin cruiser, 4 POB, disabled, sinking, 3 miles to east, above life. Within seconds of a confirmed emergency, veteran Coast Guard rescue crews head for distressed boats. The greatest number of calls concern overdue boats. Some cases stem simply from the anxiety of shorebound relatives. Others are caused by the vast number of inexperienced weekend sailors, long on daring, but short on navigation skills. And then there are the other cases the disappearances that cannot be explained. They occur most often in a triangle-shaped wedge bounded by Florida, the Bahamas, and the island of Bermuda, the so-called Bermuda Triangle. The search for solution to the Bermuda Triangle mystery has been abandoned by some experts who claim there is no mystery. On a television program underwritten in part by a National Science Foundation, the statement was made that science does not have to investigate the Bermuda Triangle. Each disappearance, the program contended, can be readily explained. The only possibilities not taken into consideration by that statement are the personal stories of individuals who've been involved in strange occurrences. Somewhere in these stories, the clues may exist that will open the way to the final solution of the Bermuda Triangle mystery. A Coast Guard cutter sails for home. It's the same kind of vessel that once carried a young lieutenant named Frank Flynn. So we came on watch at just before midnight. Everything was perfect. It was a flat, calm night. The uh, winds were gentle, sailing and visibility unlimited. Just a perfect night. Frank Flynn was a 20-year career officer in the Coast Guard. He rose to the rank of lieutenant commander before retiring. He has sailed in the Bermuda Triangle many times in his military career. Only once did something mysterious happen. Only once. At about 1.30 in the morning, I glanced by the radar, and uh, a solid green line caught my eye on the radar scope and uh, called my assistant over and I said, what do you think of this? It was a little surprising and uh, he says, it looks like land. I said, I agree. At that point, I went over, ran a recheck of the Loran fix because we were said to be 100, 165 miles offshore. We approached the unknown radar target rather carefully and it appeared to be a, uh, just a gray wall. It was very, very surprising. I'd never encountered anything like this. Overhead, you could still see the, the stars, and the seas were still calm. There was no, no action. Everything was, everything was perfect, other than this gray mass just sitting there. 
Well, I put uh, almost 11 years of my 20-year career at sea. I never encountered anything like it. Nothing. We shined the light up as far as we could, almost vertically, and uh, just didn't seem to be any end to this thing. I was on the port wing of the bridge and uh, looked up at the carbonic light. I could just barely see a, a very dull glow. So we continued on and uh, noticed irritation, a little bit of throat irritation, and a little difficulty in breathing. The, uh, Engine room called, indicating they were having a little problems with steam pressure. Bridge eye. This had happened before in clear weather. Possibly it happened at that same time. I don't think so. I think that uh, the two things were related. At that point, the uh, Captain Strouch made a determination that he was getting out of there. 200 shafts are in, sir. Farewell. He ordered left full rudder. We were going to go back out. And at that point, we broke through. We were on the other side. We're really not sure what we encountered. I don't think anyone is. Talked to some of the nation's leading oceanographers. They offered no, no real explanation as to what we might have encountered. I don't think it had been encountered before or since. After a long and distinguished career, an experienced Coast Guard officer wonders about a mysterious night in the Bermuda Triangle. There are pilots who have flown countless times through the Bermuda Triangle and experienced no difficulty. Bob Spielman has flown extensively in the Bermuda Triangle. Nothing unusual has ever threatened him but a plane he owned was involved in a mysterious event. I loaned the plane to some friends who have flown it extensively, and they flew in the area of uh, Grand Bahama Island on the way to a further destination. The day prior to the incident, by the way, I flew the plane myself into the same area we're talking about with no incident whatever. The weather was considered fantastic, the finest flying weather possible, ceiling invisibility unlimited, uh, the kind of weather that any pilot dreams about. And I've been in many situations where communication has been mysteriously lost in this given area, and I just chalked it up to experience. But uh, even after looking into it carefully and looking into all of the gadgetry on board the aircraft, there's no explanation as to why. Atmospheric conditions didn't explain it. Uh, mechanical failure didn't explain it. It just happened. Five Tower, command and they were in radio contact with the Miami radio facility, aviation facility, and suddenly contact was lost, and the plane never arrived at its destination. Somehow, the Triangle had claimed five victims on a clear day in good weather. And there was no way to explain the origin of the accident. The following day, I went with FAA investigators to the scene of the accident. 
and they uh, went through the wreckage very carefully, took some parts from the aircraft back to the United States, and they found through their extensive investigation that uh, one of the main wing structures that held the wing in place was subjected such, to such a terrific force that it wrenched the wing right off the airplane. And it's their statement that uh, it's unbelievable that such a force could exist, specifically because the damage was done to only one part of the aircraft where everything else was relatively intact. Communications lost, a plane strangely missing. Both stand as consequences of a force that somehow exists. When our search continues, we will seek explanations of the Bermuda Triangle mystery. Ray Smithers classifies himself as an amateur researcher seeking a solution to the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. Ray concedes that no single idea will provide the answer, but is forced to wonder if there is any truth to what he heard one night while broadcasting on WFTL, Fort Lauderdale. In 19 years of radio, I've been in and out of a lot of studios, but uh, when I walk into this particular studio, I still get strange vibes. Ray was one of three people responsible for presenting a special late-night telephone interview program dealing with the Bermuda Triangle. During the broadcast, a call was received, a call which is hard to believe is anything but gibberish. And yet... Exploring the Bermuda Triangle... Bermuda Triangle Part 2. Normally all the phone lines were blanking. They're all solid. We had hundreds and hundreds of calls. And about 45 minutes into the broadcast, uh, Alan Moore went to answer a call and hit the first line. It was blinking as though a call was coming in. And there indeed was no one there. There was no sound as though someone was on the phone. It was just dead. WFTL, you're on the air. He proceeded to go down five additional lines, and they were all in the same condition. Hello, you're on the air. Uh, finally, on the sixth line, our caller started making a statement. Hello? There's one of you on the program who will understand what I'm going to say. And every living thing on this planet has an aura. The area that you are discussing now is the aura of this planet. It is the communicative channel through which the Million Council governs this planet. Anyone going into the area, when the communicative channel is open, do not disappear, but they are in the timeless void. They are all perfectly alive and well. It is the only area through which the Council can communicate with this planet. Well, we lost someone here. Let's see. Let's see who we have. There is no Dr. way to certify the authenticity of the call. All we know is the strange result the call produced. It's Monday morning. The morning DJ on the air offhandedly said, have you heard our broadcast on the Bermuda Triangle? We had quite a good show last night. Something just in general reference to the show. Uh, immediately after saying that, our switchboard lit up. People said, gee, I had a physical or mental reaction when that guy called last night on your show. That strange voice. An unprecedented number of callers reported an emotionally unsettling experience. Whether the caller is real or not, 
He provides a solution unsatisfying to any reasonable investigator. Personally, I have to say that as an amateur researcher in the subject, and someone who certainly has had the public pulse felt, my final conclusion is something strange is happening. I don't think everyone is a mysterious case, no. By the same token, there are cases that are totally, absolutely baffling and unexplainable. From 18th century British Navy records come the first indications of mysterious disappearances. In the early 20th century, there were cargo ships like the Marine Sulphur Queen, which disappeared with all hands. The ore-carrying freighter Proteus was lost without a trace in 1941. The United States Navy sub Scorpion lost in 1968. Months of investigation produced no clue to the reason for the sub sinking. In 1965, a C-119 was lost on routine patrol. And perhaps the best known disappearance of all, the story of Flight 19, a squadron of Navy planes lost in December of 1945. The squadron had a triangle out east and northeast of us to uh, fly as navigation training. Carlton Hamilton has been deeply involved in commercial and private aviation for 25 years in the area of the Bermuda Triangle. I've had uh, controller jobs at um, Miami International Tower, operations officer jobs at Miami International Tower, and uh, then chief of Opelaka ATC Tower. Hamilton was personally involved in the events leading to the disappearance of Flight 19. I was on duty as an airport traffic control tower operator during that particular flight. We at Miami Tower handled this flight on the initial phase just east of Miami. flight departed on an instrument flight plan. As I recall, the flight went out at 4,000 feet. I believe they were supposed to climb up to 6,000 feet. The weather would be termed generally fair. Both civilian and military control tower operators made contact as the flight departed. Routine uh, instrument flight plan conversation that issues to a flight leader gives the aircraft the authority to fly at a certain altitude or a given altitude along with the fact that uh, he's going to follow a given course and uh, generally then the wind altimeter and routine things of this nature are issued to a flight of this nature. There was no indication whatsoever that was anything wrong and I lost contact with it uh, it was never heard from again. Five planes, 14 men lost somewhere. There should have been a trace. During the rescue attempt, the mystery deepened. Subsequently, a search aircraft, as a matter of fact, several search aircraft went out, but one of the PPY aircraft also went down on this search for the fighter-type aircraft. Particularly on the PBY, was a just sudden loss of ability to contact the aircraft. 
to finish of a transmission and then no answer. 250 planes and ships discovered no trace of the missing squadron. For Cardin and Hamilton, that fact deepens the enigma of the Bermuda Triangle. They did not ever find any trace of any one of the fighters, nor did they find any trace of the PBY search aircraft. He himself survived what can only be termed still another mystery of the region. I have been on one occasion myself flying with a friend and a twin Beechcraft, and we were just offshore of Miami Beach, and we lost all lights and all navigation in the airplane. In many Bermuda Triangle disappearances, the sequence of events begins with a loss of radar and navigation capability. Now, just before we landed, all the lights and the navigation equipment come back on in the airplane, and we've never had any explanation for this, never found any explanation for it, but this actually happened. Each of the disappearances that has been cataloged in this program has in common an unexplainable element. Does Carlton Hamilton, a veteran of Bermuda Triangle Aviation, believe that there is a mystery involved? Uh, yes, I do. I believe that there is something very definitely within that Devil's Triangle. At low altitudes, I don't think that it extends uh, too high above the uh, surface, but possibly uh, six to eight, maybe 10,000 feet, and uh, possibly is being created by something uh, under the surface uh, or at the floor of the ocean, uh, has been my theory of it. Somewhere beneath the Atlantic may lie the solution to the Bermuda Triangle mystery. A veteran Naval Coast Guard officer encounters a strange phenomenon in the Bermuda Triangle. A pilot with many hours of flying time finds his plane torn apart by an unknown force. A broadcaster receives a message so strange it can be called otherworldly. A control tower operator earnestly believes that the mystery of the triangle is linked to the strange force. In light of the testimony of four individuals, it seems far-fetched to presume that the Bermuda Triangle mystery has been solved. To say in essence that science need not investigate is to destroy the rationale for any scientific quest. The unknown force, it appears, is there, in the Bermuda Triangle, begging for investigation.
Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.